Ahoy, welcome along. It's a brand new episode of Baffled, your favourite fact show in your ears. Uh, my name's Dan. We give you nine facts, more or less, every week. I've got three of them. I've got stuff about uh, Miss Universe, something about Nicole Scherzinger, Scherzlinger, uh, and also Harrison Ford. It's a celeb-filled fact fest. Mark, what have you got for us? Right, this week for you, I've got something about submarines taking aim. I've also got a suicide attempt, because let's be cheery today. And finally, TV adverts. Hey, come along, listen to your favourite fact podcast. We cheer you up with suicide attempts, attempts as well. Uh, Connor, what's on your end of things? Uh, We're going to talk about traffic conditions in Paris. God, this is a bland one. Uh, McDonald's and Coca-Cola. So just in case you're not going to stick around for these suicide attempts, if that's not making you stay, um, a bland fact might make you stay as well. So here we go. It's a brand new episode of Baffled. Connor, smiling doesn't work on a podcast. Well, I'm just giving it a little smile. How are we? Yeah, you got my friend Connor. I don't need to explain what he's like. You figured that out from that. Uh, he explains something for you. Make sure you follow us. It's info at baffledpod.com. Uh, Connor, give us your first fact of the show. Despite its overwhelming traffic conditions, Paris has zero stop signs for cars. So if you've been to Paris, he's going to explain a lot. So the last one was removed in 2013. And the city has been non-stop ever since and has a record-breaking amount of collisions on European roads. So my question is, why not just introduce some stop signs? Wouldn't it just help? Wouldn't it just help? Well, yeah, but at this point, Parisians don't know what they are. Yeah. What is this sign? They look at the sign, they get all confused. They're not focusing well, on the road. More collisions. Here we go. Okay, so have you ever been to Paris, both of you? I have been to Paris. Oui, and? as the French would say. Yes. So we went to Paris, me and my family. We drove there, actually. I was about 15. My dad drove. And the Arc de Triomphe, 
that roundabout that circulates the Arc de Triomphe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is an act the roundabout of pure death and hell. Literally pure death and hell. Like you've got motorbikes going this way, you've got cars going this way, you've got horns everywhere. Nothing makes any sense. Connor, once again, once again, Connor, podcast. Yeah, well, this way, this way. You can understand they're going in opposite directions. My question here. I mean, surely if you want to say they're going in opposite directions, this way and that way, not this way and this way. This way and this way makes it sound like a proper roundabout where they're going the same way. If you're new here as well, you know, welcome Mark Heads, his name is. Really irritating f***er sometimes, but we love him, you know? Uh, so yeah, Paris. I just like making sure that what we're saying is clear to our listeners. Yeah, there we go. Right. Well, there we go. So it's a roundabout that's not working. Is that what we want, Mark? Yeah, there we go. That's <laughs> where they go in, though. So yeah, so Paris has. We're going this way and that way. This way, this way, this way, upside down. Uh, but yeah, it's got zero stop signs. I just my biggest thing here is why? Like seriously, because if if everything was running smoothly, I would be for it. But we've all been to Paris. Paris does not run smoothly when it comes to the world of the roads. Why not just introduce stop signs? So they, I mean, I guess they have red lights. There are some red lights knocking around. I don't know if it's an old wives' tale, but there's the thing that your car insurance is valid everywhere in the world apart from on that Arc de Triomphe roundabout, which I'm not sure if I buy. Uh, And I think it's... Look, without uh, painting a whole culture, a whole race with one brush, the French can notably be a bit of a... You know, a bit of a belligerent people. And maybe... Yeah, they haven't had it for so long. It's like, what's the point now? They're not going to take it even if we want it to. There's loads of accidents. People seem to be cracking on. Let's get on with it. I imagine if, uh, I don't know the stats, but I imagine if they were pretty terrible accidents, but you can't get fast enough to do any damage. And also the great thing about Europeans on the road is they actually use the bumpers for what they're meant to be, their bumpers. So, you know, when you park in Paris or in Rome, you actually go boof, 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 boof. You don't dick around. Yeah, no, I... You use bumpers as bumpers. I appreciate that, but I'd also sit here and say that every single car in France is is knackered, dented, you know, like being a hit. So there's, there's probably a little bit of an issue there when you do look at the... And also the fact that the Arc de Triomphe roundabout and the Paris roads hold the highest collision rate in Europe probably tells you something about the fact that bumpers... But, but then I also wonder whether actually stop signs would just make it worse. Because at least there is a constant, as Dan says, there's kind of like a constant flow and you know where stuff is coming from. Whereas if you've got stop signs, you've got to stop. You're going to get cars that just go, well, this is far too busy. It's almost too busy for stop signs. It's far too busy that you just then suddenly have to accelerate to get out and then you can cause more crashes. So they like an argument I, as well, I, I, the French. I think that- they like an argument, so... Uh, maybe any any excuse any excuse to have an argument they'll take Paris is just as busy as I would say London I would say New York like busy cities lots of driving we seem to be able to get on with it we have lots of stop signs lots of speed restrictions lots of lights Paris is a yeah but what you have to bear in mind is that Brits are incredibly awkward and polite about everything so rather than getting a crash at a roundabout or a T-junction you're just going to get a bunch of people stop there going no after you no seriously after you no after you no seriously after you Oh, and it's 20 miles an hour limit in London. Yeah. 20 mile an hour, Connor. 20 miles. You can't you can't bump into anyone. But at this point, because the French roads are so busy and there's all these collisions, there's kind of a natural 20 mile. You're not getting faster than that over in Paris, I would I think imagine. you just accept that you have to buy a shit heap in Paris because you are going to get hit. That That's the world that, that Paris lives in. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to live in that world. It's a non-stop flying system of people that can't drive. And also, I didn't think they were in cars. I thought they were just cycling with striped shirts, with garlic around their neck and with big baguettes. Well, that's, yeah, it's true. That's the issue. Baguettes, yeah. it's kind of like jousting. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Mark. What's your first fact of the show? In 1959, a US submarine took aim at its own naval airbase in Florida. 
but for a good reason. It is the one and only time in American history that post has been delivered by missile. Okay, why did they do this? Uh, So they did it essentially as a test. So the US Navy fired what was called a Regulus 1 missile, which when it's not carrying post, would carry a nuclear warhead. Uh, They fired that from the USS Barbero and directed it straight to the naval station in Florida near Jacksonville. Uh, 3,000 letters were inside, all identical because, you know, that's just a test and they thought, why not? Let's just do the same letter 3,000 times. Uh, It did the 100-mile trip in 20 minutes, landed perfectly. The Postmaster General, that's a real job title, got there, opened it up, Opened the very first letter delivered by missile. How, how did it land? There's not a lot of detail on this. So I imagine it was a little bit of a rough landing. But I think it landed. So the, so the, the idea of this missile was it was incredibly precise. So you could control it using GPS. So it was incredibly precise. So it would have just landed on a runway like a normal I plane. would 100% prefer that over Hermes. I'll tell you that for sure. <laughs> I thought you were going to say have a day off. No. I thought this was prime Look, prime territory for Connor saying have a day off. We're going to get into that. Hermes, show this. Much prefer it than Hermes. I mean, my, my, I've, had, I've had Hermes deliveries at the other side of where I live. And they're like, oh, yeah, we delivered it to a local address. It's like it's 15 minutes away from where I live. And it's in Barbara's front. It's just ridiculous. Anyway. You, you, you spent a lot of time on this podcast last year trying to tout yourself out to brands to be an influencer. And all you seem to have done this year is slag off different brands. How influence Hermes in a van I'm not interested anyway right this is one of those things I think where they've it's a bit of PR isn't it I reckon it's one of those moments it's never going to take off but it's great story isn't it I can't I can't see I can't see much more of a point in it can you well there, there was a couple of reasons for this one was the so they fired this 100 miles, but they said they had range for 600 miles. So it was supposedly going to be the new quick way to get post from East Coast to West Coast America. Sure. That was point one. Point two of this was to very, very subtly, but quite obviously, show off to Russia and the Soviet Union what capabilities they had. Yeah. Because this yeah. is the height of the Cold War. i tell you War. what, one thing, in a Cold War, if there's ever a way to sh- your opposition is to fire some mail in the air. I mean, I would be terrified to deliver post. Do you think your royal mail is good? Mm. Also, 20 minutes isn't impressive. I mean, it is compared to how long a plane would take that. So if you flew from uh, Jacksonville to uh, Virginia, where this was, it would take you about three hours 20 on a commercial flight nowadays. Something travelling at 300 miles an hour isn't impressive, yes. Um, Could you... Also not be a really, really bad lawsuit as well, because surely it could still do damage. Like if that missile went a little bit off route or it, or it, or it hit a, I don't know, a, a house, like it's still traveling at some speed and it's obviously still metal, isn't it? The container, like it could probably still do some serious damage, couldn't it? Yeah. So it was, it was back then where I guess health and safety was not as thoroughly thought about. Also, this is, this was them showing off at how accurate this missile was. So they're kind of going, oh, it's never going to happen. Yeah. We can control it by GPS. It'll be absolutely fine. We'll hit it pinpoint exactly where we want in the naval base. I enjoy it. I enjoy hey. it. It's nonsense and we love nonsense. Hey, here's my first fact of the show. All hail Cyprus, who are going to host the first particle accelerator in that region in the Middle East. But ministers chose instead to spend the money on hosting Miss Universe. I mean, if you've got to choose one or the other, science breakthrough, Miss Universe. We 
which will benefit the world more? They went for the other one. Yeah, they went. They they went. They went for tits. So listen, um, it's a fairly extensive article that I found this on the Marisa. Oh, but brilliant! Like please, the actual line that. about the actual line about the Cyprus is is very small. Basically, they were trying to figure out where to hold this new Middle Eastern particle accelerator that was going to try and find the God particle. I think they're still building it. Yeah, to try and explain the mysteries of the universe, and a lot of people. Where is it going to be? Is it in Bahrain? Is it in Egypt? Cyprus pretty quickly ruled themselves out because they were like, you know what? This is going to cost billions of pounds. Why don't we just, yeah, why don't we just put on a nice little booby show for the lads? I'm kidding. You know, it's a Miss Universe thing. Obviously, I'm, you know, you know, this is what I'm saying. It's a very serious competition, Dan. Yeah. and it, Apparently. I don't want to be the three lads in a podcast studio going, Whoa. but you know what I mean? Like these, that's clearly what the, the Cypriots are doing. Also, I have a big issue with Miss Universe. What's your problem? No. Miss World, fine, right? Yeah, is, is it meant to be hot? Oh, what's the deal? Miss Universe, there's no other planets competing. Yeah. Rain yourself to f***ing. in. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's what's in Area 51, like we did Connor Explains. Maybe. And that was the redacted know. bit. It's like when anyone wins a sport in America... Oh my God, they're the world champions of baseball. No, you're the American champions. Yeah, you're a big American yeah, sport fan. Yeah, the NFL's just kicked off this week. The world champ, no, the American champions. Sure, you would beat any other team in the world, but you haven't proven that. What's amazing about the Americans and American football is that like big showy things, like big simple showy things and NFL is the most complicated lump of horse <laughs> It's very complicated, yeah. Uh, By the way, the current Miss Universe is Andrea Meza of Mexico. How old is she? Uh, Yes, she is an age. Steve Harvey presents it. Oh, yeah. Have you not seen the Steve Harvey thing? A very famous meme was going around. I know you've gone way on topic, off topic. A, a very famous Steve Harvey meme went round where he announced the wrong Miss Universe yes. winner. Uh, she is 27 and she's from Chihuahua City in Mexico. Hope you go older than me. Hope you enjoyed the last sort of <laughs> six to seven minutes of Mark and Dan, everyone. So strap yourself in. You still got another half hour of this. She was Miss Chihuahua in 2016. Well, well, she's taken steps up. Yeah, she went Miss Chihuahua to Miss Mexico to Miss World Americas to uh, Miss Universe. I like that as a career progression. Is is you, you know what you want, and you think that here's how I'm going to do it. I'm mm. going to take the Miss World. The Miss Universe won one small thing by yeah. storm. She came runner-up in Miss World and then went and did Miss <laughs> Universe. Won Miss Universe. Yeah, you've got to question these people. Connor, any, any opinions? No. Still, I'm still sitting here trying to work out what a particle accelerator is. So, uh, Connor, what's your second fact of the show? Okay, so McDonald's, massively successful fast food chain. Um, and it had success. Thank you very much for your second fact, Connor. <laughs> Great, <laughs> moving on with the show. It had success from day one, um, which is crazy. So when McDonald's opened its very first restaurant in Moscow in 1990, uh, people generated a queue stretching for several miles on the opening day. The restaurant reportedly served more than 30,000 customers on that day, a record that has never been broken. So this wasn't the first McDonald's restaurant ever? No, so this was the first restaurant in Moscow in 1990. Okay, okay right. yeah. yeah. That's a bit different. I thought you were about to say, like... <laughs> well, yeah, that's understandable, isn't it? There's a huge hype. Yeah. Especially in 1990. So they're coming out of huge Soviet-era communism. You've you got to think they've never had this before. McDonald's is an absolute sign of Western capitalism, of Western power. 
Uh, it's it's why if you go over to that region, if you go into Eastern Europe particularly, everyone's always wearing brands like they're full of brands. It's Gucci, it's Armani from head to toe because look, this is what. Uh, people have always wanted when they've been under communism for so long. They finally got it. We're going to make the most of it. And I guess that's why yep. uh, 30,000 people... 30,000 in one queue. So basically, what obviously, McDonald's opened in 1955. So I think what's happened is it's gener- it generated so much like hype around it. And Moscow were like, we want it, we want it, we want it. And then the day that it opened, yeah, it was 30,000 customers on one day, a queue of several miles, which is crazy. Now, the big question, Connor, <laughs> hmm. the big question that we all want to know. What were they serving? Uh, what? What's the special Russian menu? Or what's the sp- well, you know, we've spoken about this before. Every every country has a much better McDonald's menu rather than us Brits. So, what are they serving? What do they? I serve? just realised to give you time. I've just realised to give you time to look that up. Halfway through, when you were explaining, I just said to myself, "I quite fancy a McDonald's today." Forgot I'm doing this, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I'm interested. What do they serve in Russian McDonald's? There's a Russian factory for McDonald's which produces the original McDonald's French fry, which we taste globally. That, 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 you know, that tasting fry, there's no fry that tastes like that. They produce that. Along with the country-style yeah. potato for all Russian franchises, which you can only get in Russia. Other than that, it doesn't really say much. You can also get vodka in McDonald's in Russia, obviously. Sure. Uh, shrimps. The muk shrimp really? is a Russian McDonald's exclusive. Oh, no, get me wrong. Goldenly fried on the outside with an interesting preference for 1,000 island dressing as a sauce. Sorry, get me wrong. Over the traditional tartar. Russia doesn't serve alcohol, but France, Germany, and South Korea do. Yeah, French love it, don't they? They're all pissed driving around. Don't give a f- No, they don't, they don't care. Can't stop for the life of them. Um, but I, 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 this is something that I, I, I know this sounds mental because there's a lot more to want to achieve in life but i would love to travel the world and try a mcdonald's in every single place because i've heard that it's wild like apparently the mcdonald's in china is crazy when we run out of things for connor to explain it's going to be connor discovers mcdonald's in i'd say yeah yeah every every week different country i'll tell you one thing i once went switzerland skiing um, and we skied a place oh, called... We if we not had this story uh, like seven times? Well, I don't think I've heard no, 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 was, That's about the chicken nuggets being really expensive at the top of the mountain. But we went to a... Oh, what a tale that is. We went to a McDonald's, which was on the outskirts of Verbier, which is obviously a really, really expensive place to ski. And my McDonald's come out on China plates with a knife and fork, was perfectly hot, so well seasoned. It was called a McCafe, wonderful desserts. It was like nothing I've ever had before, but it literally costs like... 30 pounds for a meal why why when you've gone all the way to switzerland to verbier you, you, th- this part of europe is famed for its food why why are you spending 30 bucks on a mcdonald's because we went skiing then we finished and we drove back down the mountain and when you got to the bottom of the mountain we was on the way to 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 get home we just needed food so you see a mcshack and it's a quick quick pit stop isn't it only to actually end up with a £200 bill. But anyway. You know that... And I've thought about this for my own life recently. You were saying, oh, I wish I could do this. You know that as an adult, with, with some money, you can do that. Like, you can travel the world and try McDonald's. Like, that, you, you don't have to ask anyone's permission now. Yeah, no, I appreciate you that. Shouldn't. But then, you know, on, on the other side of my shoulder, there's also a girlfriend that wants to move into a one-bed flat. So it's kind of like, sorry, babe, I'm travelling the world to try all the McDonald's. Or, yeah, we'll get that flat. You know? Mm. Not really too sure how it'll go down with her. Mark, give us your second fact of the show. I know what you're thinking. You want the suicide fact, but tough. I'm going to keep it to the end. The longest TV ad in history is 14 hours long. Probably would rather have had the suicide fact, to be honest with you, but go on. (laughs) What? 
possible thing when you were looking for facts you saw something about the longest TV ad and you thought, oh, this will we'll get we'll get some mileage out of this. Mark, Mark, you produced from... the show, okay? You produced the show. Yes. You are one of the founding creators of Baffled, the comedy yes. fact podcast. Amazing facts yes. that are complete nonsense. And you're telling me an advert was 14 hours yes. long. So wasn't even just 14 hours long it actually goes on for eternity but 14 hours was the longest they were allowed to air it on tv which was in brazil okay why does it go on for eternity what's the concept Uh, it's for old spice so it's for old spice and it's a product which the tagline was lasts forever so therefore they created a tv advert that lasts forever and they aired it for 14 hours constantly on a tv channel in sao paulo in brazil okay what's the ad so the ad is basically an advert inside an advert inside an advert. So it's like a first you get a 30 second advert, then it zooms out to someone watching that advert, then zooms out to someone watching that advert, then zooms out and it constantly kind of loops around with different takes on what's happening in this world. And it goes on for ever. ever. Yeah. Okay. Big thing here for me, ridiculously stupid for the simple fact of, isn't the point of advertising reach? You want people to see your advert. I can't imagine. Well, you're telling me somebody's point of advertising. To the... the point of advertising is to get people talking about it. And lo and behold, look at what we are doing now. Yeah. Reach isn't just necessarily people watching it in that one exact moment. Think of the Super Bowl advert. Yes, you get a whole load of reach there, but then you get the added reach the next day of people going, oh, what was the best advert? Oh, it was this one. Share it round. Yeah. Uh, quick question. How's Old Spice doing today? Old Spice is a very successful company. Oh, well, well there we go. Point, point proven wrong. <laughs> Up the Old Spice. When did this start? So this was back in 2018 it started. Can I, so I can still watch it? You can still watch it. You can go, I can, I'll send you an abridged version if you want. Is it still so on? you don't have to sit there for 14 hours yeah. or return it. Is it still right on, on the channel, there. is it? So it's no longer on the TV no, channel because no, no. that's 14 hours, but you can still watch it online. Um, what's So, you know, r- ripped it out of you when you, you know, when you came to us with this 14-hour fact. That's quite interesting. Yeah, see? Sometimes you've just got to be patient. Oh. It's got to listen, Connor. Yeah, I didn't really do that. It's not really my thing, listening. But cheers, though, Mark. I took it in. Here's my second fact of the show. Nicole Scherzinger sang 95% of the P- Pussycat Dolls vocals. Yeah. I'll take your questions now. Yeah. No. Yeah. I did always wonder why it was called the Pussycat Dolls rather than Nicole Scherzinger. The thing is, there was quite others. a lot of band members in there. You know, Melody Thornton, Ash- I know them all. Ashley Roberts, Kimberly Wyatt, Jessica Sutta, Karmit Bashar. Look, a lot of people in there. Also, Ashley Roberts has got quite a bit of UK fame off the back of this. And she, you know, there's one, two, three, four, five. She sang 1% of the Pussycat Dolls music. I mean, you say that. She might have sang 3% and the others shared 2% between them. Mm, yeah, I gave him the benefit that I... Scherzinger is the Lionel Messi of the Pussycat Dolls. Sure. Yeah. They, I, um, they built the band around her. I don't, I don't really like her. I guess the question is, would she have had the same success if it was just her and she still sang the same amount? Same songs, same amount, but marketed as Nicole Scherzinger rather than the Pussycat Dolls. Would she have had the same well, success? Well, she done that song, didn't she, where she was like laying on a beach and singing and stuff, and I enjoyed that that song. So, so <laughs> Hang on, hang on. How did the song go, Connor? I can't remember, but I remember. I can't remember, but you can remember the music video Don't very clearly. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Now, going, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, you know, this has become a very laddie podcast. Yeah, you know. Uh, also, I like up, the fact that up, up, yeah. the, up the women, yeah. I like the fact that this was um, 
<laughs> took you a long time to think of a word for women. <laughs> I like the fact that she said this as well. The singer revealed, it said here, on VH1's Behind the Music. Do you remember VH1? Uh, that she was responsible for everything. So it's just her bragging. She said, look, I never really talked about it. I'll never forget the day that I finished the album PCD. And then we brought the girls into the studio and played it for them. It was the first time they'd ever heard the music. So she recorded the album and then they just laid down 5% of backing of vocals. Jeez. I, I, I think it's all marketing, isn't it? It's all marketing. I think on her own, people don't care. Put together a group of hot girls who are wearing basically nothing and doing some seductive dancing. Connor remembers the music. Look, let's not be, you know, it's a very... Let's not be around the bush here. Okay. We like to be an accepting 21st century. It's all about quality and it's all about equalness. But unfortunately, with bands, with things like that, you would always get the prettier one that they think or the fitter one or the best-looking one to be the centrepiece of the band. And I think Nicole Scherzinger was just that. Very, very same situation. If Harry Styles gets back with One Direction, he will be the centre of it. That's just how it goes. Very true. Very true. That's why I'm the face of this podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, a brand new podcast bringing together people's real ghost, extraterrestrial and paranormal stories, as well as getting some inside details from those who study the supernatural. I'll be listening through your paranormal stories every week and try to understand them, as well as chatting about my own encounters with an occasional paranormal investigator too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts from, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast. Just search for Paranormal Activity with Yvette Fielding. You can always get in touch with the show, by the way. It's info at baffledpod.com. That's where you need to go if you'd like to suggest Connor to explain anything to you. Recently, he's done Area 51. He's done Clowns. What do you fancy? Is there a big concept that you need whittled down in a completely incomprehensible way in a way that you will never understand connor can do that for you it's info at bafflepod.com also we're looking for the most expensive thing you've ever bought in a restaurant no reason i'm just interested that's what you need to do 
Thank you very much. Uh, Connor, what's your last fact of the show? Well, before we get into the facts, just a quick question, really, with Mark's little comment that we've skimmed over about him being the face of the podcast. Um, Dan, question for you. What do you reckon was the first thing that came to somebody's mind walking through London, saw the baffled billboard and saw Mark's boat central with that little face of his? What do you reckon they sort of thought to themselves? There's a reason I was in the centre. Is this a charity <laughs> that helps gingers get friends? There probably we go. Not. Yeah, probably. There we go. What but we need, what we need, baffled. What we needed to do. Why do people to... have ginger hair? Yeah. Let's find out. What we needed to do before I moved on was just take Mark's comment, destroy it. I knew Dan would do that instantly, and then we can get on with the facts. They probably, they probably looked at it and thought, "My word, this guy's taking up a lot of the billboard. What a porker." Uh, <laughs> Connor, what's your last fact of the show? <laughs> there are only two countries in the world where Coca-Cola. Does not exist. North Korea. South Korea. No, North Korea. North Korea, you're right. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah, North Korea. North Korea and... Cuba? Cuba. There you go. They're, they're the two. Yeah, well yeah. done. Um, so since 1950, no, no, no Coca-Cola in North Korea. And since 1962, no Coca-Cola in Cuba. Um, so the fizzy drink is sold everywhere else in the world, which is crazy as it is. Um, but it hasn't made its way to those two countries. Um, that's because these countries are under long-term U.S. trade embargoes. But what's quite interesting is that they have their own version of Coca-Cola in South Korea, which is called Fizzy, Co- Fizzy Coco or something like that. It looks exactly the same. It's got the red labeling around it as well. But the big question here is, does it taste as good? I don't know. Maybe somebody can answer it who listens to the podcast. I don't know. It's amazing that's still happening in Cuba, isn't it? After all this time, they're still not giving the people some of that sweet, sweet Coca-Cola nectar. Yeah. I, do. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I just looked it up. I think they sell it. <laughs> huh? Order it in. It just it tends in. to be a little more expensive. It comes from Mexico. Oh, okay. So they don't sell it in there. So you can't walk into a shop and buy Coke. The reason I was looking was because Cuba and the US are on a lot better terms now and they've got new agreements and bits and pieces in place in the last year or so. So I wondered if maybe Coke was part of that. But it does look <laughs> like uh, that generally it comes in from Mexico. But it is more expensive, Connor, because it is imported no, yeah. rather than the local they, cola. They have their local cola. They both do have local cola. They have a Cuban version of Coca-Cola called Coca Coca Carbonated Drink made by Ryongjin. And then they've also got a South Korean version as well. Uh, sorry, a North Korean version, which they do as well. Um, so they have their options. They just don't have the original Coke. But do you know what I find quite crazy? Do you think there's anybody in the world that hasn't tried Coca-Cola? I think most people have. The boss of Pepsi. He's it's a good job. adamantly against her. It's a good job Connor's not a diplomat, isn't it? Yeah. The amount of times he's got North and South Korea confused. F***ing sue me. <laughs> Mark, give us your last fact of the show. Okay, this does get cheerier, so don't jump on it straight away, Connor. A woman once tried to commit suicide from the 86th floor of the Empire State Building. But Mother Nature had other ideas, and a strong wind managed to blow her back onto the 85th floor of the building. Yeah, that's good. What did she then do with her life after trying to take that own life? Very little is actually then known about her. I tried to do as much research as I could. So her name was Avilta Elvita Adams. Uh, this was on December the 2nd, 1979. Um, and she jumped off a viewing platform on the 86th floor. The wind blew her back onto a ledge on the 85th floor. Uh, There was then a security guard who heard her moaning and realised she was outside. He reached out of the window to pull her into safety. She was then taken to the hospital um, with a broken hip. After that, 
she was treated. She had some psychological help trying to get over her depression. And then very little is known about her after that. She was then just left to kind of go on and, and live her life think, without anyone really finding out what she got up I think to. this could be one of the nicest facts we've had on the podcast. Isn't that lovely? Woman tries to commit suicide, actually survives. It's, it's, all, it's pretty pretty nice it's also, story, that, isn't it? Yeah. It's also very, like, very unbelievable. Like the idea that a gust of wind could blow someone who's leapt off of a very high platform. Well, I think the fact that it was at the 86th, the 85th floor. So wind on that day was around about 30 to 38 miles an hour. I mean, you don't need to, I figured out by the fact it's windy. Cheers, Mark. Thanks. So it's a pretty windy day. It's not like it's just a light breeze that's happening and she just happened to weigh the same as a bit of paper. I do wonder whether... Also, very high up. There's more wind up there. There's a part of me where I think to myself... Scientific fact. Maybe this this moment in her life happening would have made her feel better by like 10, 20%. Because you think your life is worthless. You're, you're in a place in your life where you, where you do something like that. Really, really sad time. I do think when you have that happen and you live through that moment from suicide to that happening to you and all of a sudden you're alive and you're, you're, you're it must be a real kind of wow moment. Do you know what I mean? Where maybe that made her start to feel better and, and, and in a way made her a better person for that. I reckon so. And yeah, that's the hope. And, you know, hopefully, you know, obviously no one really knew where she went from hospital, but hopefully she then went and, you know, managed to build life again and, and bits and pieces. But, um, but yeah, it's just one of those incredible stories. And it is, you kind of go away from that or hope maybe she went away from that on the day of going, huh, maybe I don't need to kill myself. Maybe the earth does care about me. Yeah. If you're looking for signs, that's a pretty big sign. That's a big sign. Maybe she changed her name to Nicole Scherzinger. Maybe. And then went and on then... to record 95% of the Pussycat Dolls album PCD. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she was 29 in 1979, so it's unlikely, but it's possible. A lot of makeup. All things work with serendipity, my friends. Uh, last fact of the show. Have you seen the, uh, the final Star Wars film? I have. No. Where it's in the final of the original three. I've never seen any. Hang on. Which one are we, which one are we talking here? Are we talking episode six or are we talking episode nine? Episode three. Episode six. Episode six. So the third one to come out, the last of the ones that came out in the 80s, episode six, Empire Strikes Back. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, so <laughs> you'll remember in episode five, Empire Strikes Back, Harrison Ford gets frozen. Yes. The reason Harrison Ford gets frozen is because he wasn't signed up to make the third film. Uh, So everyone else in the cast had been signed up to do all three films. Harrison Ford had only signed up to do the first two. In between making the second and the third, he had made the first Indiana Jones film, which propelled him to huge success. And they were so worried that he wouldn't sign on to do the third. They froze him at the end of the second one, just in case. He wasn't originally meant to be Indiana Jones either, was he? Who was? Which one? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm fairly certain that he wasn't meant to be it. Oh, this is a fact podcast. What's the point? Connor, come on, even if you don't like Star Wars, I'm not 100% keen, but that's interesting. That is interesting, yeah, but it's all... Have you seen him? For some reason, the conversation has got me thinking about who could be the next James Bond, so my mind definitely isn't in this. (laughs) Do you think you'd make a good James Bond? Um, No. Although I do in style, but not in in in, in not in I, in spy abilities. I am I the imagine. exact physique that James Bond is written in the books. He's a he's a skinny, tall, quite slimy guy. I feel like I have those characteristics. Maybe a little bit, a little bit. You know, there maybe. I'm just clutching at straws. I'd love to be James Bond. But yeah, I don't know why my mind's here. But I'm thinking about who could be the next James Bond. But yeah, apologies, Dan. But yeah, great facts. Cheers. 
I mean, Harrison Ford, who's never been involved in any James Bond movie. <laughs> uh, Tom Selleck <laughs> was originally meant to be Indiana Jones, but oh. couldn't because it clashed with his filming of Magnum P.I. With the moustache. Yes. Uh, well, there you go. I think we've whittled through that. Hopefully you've taken something from those nine facts. Get in touch if you've got anything you'd like Connor to explain. I'd love to hear the most expensive thing. You know, when I keep saying that, when I said it, it made perfect sense. But when I keep repeating it, it does seem a bit left field. Anyway, <laughs> let me know the most expensive thing you've ever eaten in a restaurant. Why not? Uh, also, if you think you could be James Bond off the back of a fact about Indiana Jones, let us know. <laughs> Info at baffledpod.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at baffledpod on those places too. Can we quick get a hot take of Connor? Who's going to be the next James Bond? I reckon David Tennant could do a good job. There we go. David Tennant, next James Bond. Heard it here first. I don't reckon it'll be David Tennant. No, I don't think it will be. I think he'd do a good job. I think it could be Taron Egerton. Yeah, maybe Taron Egerton. Or, or, or. Does, the, does, does this make, no, does this make us a culture podcast? Or, 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 or Talking about films. The lead guy out of The Bodyguard. He was very good. Richard Madden. Mm. Richard Madden, mm. perhaps. Mm. He would be good. There you go. And that is it for this week's episode of Baffled. What have we learned? Well, you can't get Coca-Cola in Cuba, but you, you can. It's from Mexico. Also, Old Spice have way too much time on their hands. An infinite 14 hours worth of time. And Harrison Ford was never going to be the last James Bond. It was never in the question. But Connor thinks it could be him. Thank you very much for listening. We will see you soon. It's info at baffledpod.com for all of your fact-giving needs. Until then, say goodbye, Mark. Goodbye. Say goodbye, Connor. Idris Elba. He'd be good as well. He would be good. I don't think he'll get it, though. I think he's probably too old now. Yeah, but he would be very, very good. But yeah, bye. Oh, look at me. Hot take in Idris Elba, the old fogey, my word. Uh, See you soon. Bye! Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.